Turn with me quickly. Like I said, I don't have a very long message, but I do have something I was going to preach on the uh, first Sunday, and I've called it 13 Revolutions to Victory. You say 13 Revolutions to Victory. What on earth, Pastor, are you talking about? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm about to answer you. 13 Revolutions to Victory. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Joshua, chapter 6. 13 Revolutions to Victory. And turn with me, please, to Joshua chapter 6. I'm going to give you a second because Jenny people still tell me that I go too fast and that they can't find it in time. Praise God. I'm just looking up my second scripture here. Hallelujah. Joshua chapter 6, 13 revolutions to victory. This is something God said to me on the fast, and I wanted to uh, preach it to you because it's better that it comes out in preaching than it than in just, you know, any other way. And now Jericho, verse 1, was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given, past tense, into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of Eller. And that word mighty men of Eller is the Hebrew word Gabor, which means giants. So they were giants like Goliath, those, 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 children, those people of the giant race, the, the Anakims and the Rephims, uh, when the angels slept with the daughters of men and produced these half supernatural and half natural beings. Those giants were, so this is not just a huge uh, city with huge walls. My wife talked about the size of the walls during, during the fast in one of her messages. She gave, she gave a lot of details about the size of the walls. They could have chariot races around the top. Entire homes were built into the wall. Rahab was, and her, hers was the only home that was spared. And uh, they were sloping walls, which was a defensive tactic, so people couldn't climb them as easily if somebody was besieging them. And there were giants in this place, because Mighty Men of Valor refers to the giants, if you studied in the original language. So this is a formidable city, formidable warfare, uh, formidable weapons, formidable warriors. And notice what Jesus says, the Lord, and we know it's Jesus because it says the Lord and he's the pre-incarnate Christ. In other words, he, Jesus came many times in the Old Testament in person before he came through, through the Virgin Mary. So this is one of his pre-incarnate appearances. And the Lord said unto Joshua, I've given, I, I love it, Jenny. Here he is looking at something impregnable, the most impregnable city in the entire region. And God says, I've already given it to you. And you think, what would he think? He never heard Brother Hagen before. He never heard faith before. What do you think he would have thought? What do you mean you've already given it to me? You haven't done anything yet. We're standing here looking at it. But see, the way God talks, he calls things that be not as though they were. He says, you're healed. But Lord, I'm, I feel sick. But I said, you're healed. Now start putting your, my words in your mouth and start thanking me for something that you don't see with your natural eyes or feel with your natural mind or emotions and my power will start to move. He's saying, I've given it to you. I've already given it to you. It's done. I know you don't see it manifest yet, but it's as good as done. I'm calling those things that be not as though they were. And he said, I've given it to you in verse 3, and you will compass the city. Now, here's the strategy. You'll compass the city, all ye men of, all ye men of war, and go around about the city once. That shall you do six days. One time, six days. How many times is that? One times six equals six. Uh, the seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns, and the seventh day ye shall encompass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, 
That means not breaking into rubbled pieces like, like big boulders. That's not flat. How could a wall of that size fall flat? The only way to do it is the ground had to open and swallow it. That's the only way it could fall flat. And they've proven that archaeologically, that, the, that literally the wall is intact, but it's under the ground because God opened the ground. The angels actually opened the ground. And uh, the people shall ascend up every man and straight before him. And Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said unto them, Take up the ark. Now, I'm not going to read all of it, but you know the story. That's Jesus' instruction. And then he repeats the instruction to the people, goes and makes a, a, an announcement in the camp and says, This is what we're going to do. And they start doing it right away. Now, the Lord said to me on the fast on one of the days, I, I, I guess I could tell you the exact day. Do they deserve to know the exact day, Jennifer? I don't know. Uh, I, was on, I was on Wednesday, the 9th of December, so that would have been the 38th day of the fast. So on the 38th day of the fast, the Lord said to me, he said, did you notice? I don't know why he says it to me so often. He said, did you notice that they, which I had noticed, usually says it and I haven't. He said, did you notice that when they circled for the six days, six times, they were blowing the trumpets the whole time? And I said, yes, I know that. He said, now you remember what I showed you, because he said this to me years ago, that those trumpets were sounds, but they're inarticulate sounds. They're not words, but they're still sounds, and they're made with the mouth. They're made with air coming out of your mouth like words, but they're inarticulate because they're through an instrument. And the Lord showed me that represents praying in tongues because it is an inarticulate sound that you can't, you don't understand what it means. It's a sound that is inarticulate and it comes through an instrument. Mm -hmm. Who is the instrument? The Holy Ghost. Like they had a trumpet, we have the Holy Ghost. We can't pray in tongues outside that instrument. The Holy Ghost is not praying in tongues. I am praying in tongues by His utterance, but He is the instrument that gives me the ability to make that sound. You can't make that sound of the trumpet with your mouth. I know some people try, but it doesn't sound very good. You need the instrument in order to produce your, you have a part, you have to blow, and that instrument produces that sound. I have a part, I have to speak forth, but that Holy Ghost on the inside of me, God's divine instrument, the third person of the Trinity, He allows, gives me the utterance to make that sound so that it comes out in tongues, and both are inarticulate, but both have sound to it. So the Lord said to me, the whole time they were walking and making sounds represents you praying in the Spirit. Now, I never saw it, and I think it's a little unfair that he showed me part of it and then showed my wife the better part. It kind of gave me a confirmation, Taylor, that she is the better half. Praise God. Yeah, Jenny, I know you're shocked, but that's the truth about it. And, uh, and so, thank you for the laughter. Some, finally, somebody <laughs> laughed. Praise God. God bless you, Victoria. The Lord is with you. Amen. Uh, but I want you to know that my wife saw something that I never saw. I believe God showed it to you on the fast. We had been talking last year about the power of silence yes. and about how we have to wait on God in silence. And it was such a revolutionary thought. And we read Walter Butler's book on it. And I'd never heard anybody talk about this. I'd never heard Dad Hagen talk about it. I'd never heard anybody talk about it. And so I thought, well, Lord, I don't want to be preaching something about the people I trust. I mean, this Walter guy sounds like a, a, I get peace. I know he's got scripture, but I don't ever hear anybody talk about it. And I said, Lord, I, I'm going to share it as the, there are nine kinds of prayer, but I want to share it as the 10th part, um, the 10th area in my prayer study course, which wasn't until January 2020, if you remember. And I said, Lord, I, I don't know. I know this is crazy, but if there any way, either in private conversation or from the pulpit, you could have Pastor Nancy confirm this. I've never, ever heard her say this in her life. So I thought, that's a tall order. God's going to really have to talk to her because I don't even know if she believes it. I don't even know if she knows about it. 
And lo and behold, in one of the services, do you remember Taylor? She spent the whole service talking about silence before God. And then she had all the ministers kneel, sit, lie, whatever comfortable position they wanted. And we all just sat before God in complete silence for about 15, 20 minutes at the end of the service. And I'm sitting there with my mouth open and I'm like, and I heard the Holy Ghost say, son, you asked me to confirm it to her. I said, but Lord, you did, you did the whole thing. Now, now, it's not the whole thing for me. It's because that was the will of God for all the pastors to hear that. But, but I'm telling you, I, I, my mouth, Jenny and I looked at each other, our mouth dropped open. We couldn't believe it. We've never heard her even say that in private or public. And then she spends a whole service giving scripture, which we already knew because it was in his book, about the power of sitting before God in absolute silence. That as you would wait for the queen, Queen Victoria, you would wait silently for her because her royalty dictates that she is worthy of being waited for. And that the highest form of honor is to zip your mouth. Because she's, she's too important to hear your little jibber-jabber talk. I'm serious. When you talk about royalty and kingship, there's a whole other realm that people don't know about. When you talk about God being our father, yes, he talks to us as Abba, we talk to him. But he's also king. And he deserves, at times, New Testament and Old, silence. Yes. And there was actually many verses that talk about sitting silently before the Lord that people just blaze over and they don't really realize what it's talking about. So God, and then I came back from California in January of 2020 and I shared that 10th section in my prayer course and I played two clips from her sermon, about five minutes each, where she masterfully taught it. And then my wife got in the spirit when we were driving before Holy Ghost meetings, before she said anything, and my wife started to prophesy and I got it on the recording. And so I, I read the, the Bible school class, that prophecy from her. And, and, and then we read, we watched Pastor Nancy's thing, and it was a great revelation about silence. Now, we, we, and we've been practicing that, haven't we, honey, this whole year at different times. And I'm telling you, it takes practice because your, your mind is squirrely, man. Your mind wants to think about every to-do list, everything that would want. And it takes great discipline to quieten your mind and sit silently before the Lord. I'm getting more skillful at it now, but at first, I, it, it just almost, I just couldn't do it. I just, it was so hard for me because my mind's always moving. But if you just discipline yourself and you grow little by little, and now it's a pleasure. Now I actually look forward to just sitting silently and just showing him the greatest honor I can give him is not even speaking, but waiting for him. And whether he comes or not, don't matter. And things, now, the Lord started showing my wife, when you wait, there's things happening behind the scenes. It seems like you're not accomplishing anything, but you actually are. Now, this is where it's unfair. He should have showed it to me. I'm the pastor. But he showed it to her. Can you believe it, Taylor? And Jenny, you got this powerful revelation from God during the fast. He showed you the analogy scripturally about how these men were, the, the priests were making sounds that speaks of prayer, but the people had to be utterly silent. And for six days and six revolutions, they basically went in silence. See, God is showing us an image in Scripture that applies to the New Testament. He's saying they did sounds on a trumpet and silence, and then they shouted with their mouth. And, and that's what we do. Anytime we're facing some kind of issue, we need to pray much in the Holy Ghost. That's one symbol. And take other seasons, being not praying in the Holy Ghost, but sitting silently before the Lord, between the, the, the sounds and the silence. That's how he put it to me. Between the sounds of tongues and the silence of waiting. You, there's so much being accomplished in the realm of the Spirit. Then at the right time, you must release your faith with your authority and dominion by your words. 
in their case, it was a shout. Maybe with you, it's a shout, but at other times, it's just commanding things. But it's the same principle. It's the dominion and the authority being released with your words. So there's always tongues, there's always silence, and then there's always dominion, and that always produces a supernatural victory. Angels always get involved, because he said, I'm the captain of the army of the host of the Lord. And who do you think the host is? Angels. Who do you think opened the ground to swallow the walls? Angels. Who do you think caused fear and dread to come on the member? Rahab said, we've been afraid of you for, for 40 years. Where have you been? They were waiting in fear for 40 years. Who do you think put the dread on them? Angels. Why? Because God said to Moses, my angel goes before you to drive out the inhabitants before you. Fear and dread will be their portion because you're coming. God already said it and he said the angels would do it. So the angels were working for 40 years while they're messing around in the wilderness, going in circles. The angels were doing their job. Everything was prepared. Now sounds have to be made. Silence has to be wrought. And then dominion has to be released. And the power of God got to moving. Amen. Are you with me? But I heard the Holy Ghost say, son, how many times did they circle the walls? And if I wasn't sure, I had to kind of count it in my mind. And I counted it up and it was 13. It was six days with one and then one day was seven. Seven and six, they taught me in grade one was 13, Jenny. I don't think it's changed. And he said, son, on the third, listen to me. He said this to me on the 38th day of the fast. He said, on the 13th revolution, there was great victory. That's right, amen. And he said, you have just entered your 13th year as a church. And I expect, he said it that way, I expect there to be great victory in this year. Amen. You have been faithful to walk. You have been faithful to pray in tongues and do all the other things. You have been faithful, we're learning it, to be silent. You have been faithful but now is the moment to shout. It is the moment to release your faith. It is the moment to have dominion, to release your authority with your words and with your shout. This is your 13th revolution. And on the 13th revolution, the season, the set time had come. I'm telling you, I don't want to get weird with it, Jenny, because I've never even counted it, Taylor. I've never in my life ever realized it was 13. So I'm not trying to figure that out in the natural. And I certainly, even if I did know it was 13, would never just in the natural or carnally or fleshly try to equate that to us. People that do that can get an error. But when God comes to you and he says it to you and said, how many times? And I have to add it up in my mind, which means I didn't even know. And I said, 13. And he said, and what year have you just entered? And I said, well, we just finished 12 on October the, the 7th. And now we've just entered our 13th year. In fact, on that day, on that day, the 9th of the 9th of December, that was a Wednesday. On that day, Wednesday, the 9th of December, the 38th day of the fast, we had already we were already in our 13th year because we finished 12 and we've started 13. And I, and, and I don't even like the number 13. In fact, you won't even find the 13 as the they some they don't even have floor 13. You know, you know, superstition. Uh, when you go up uh, on the elevator, it goes 12 to 14 because people are afraid of the number 13. And witches choose the number 13. It's the number of their coven and all this nonsense. But you know what? They're just the devil being foolish and being stupid because when you, walk, when you saw the troop coming down the road of the Messiah, there were 13 of them. That's right. yeah, so you don't have to get weird with numbers because I certainly don't. But I just don't think it's a bad number. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have picked 12 plus him. If it was that bad of a number. So that's just people being superstitious and weird. God, there's no, nothing wrong with the number 13. And I didn't even know that's how many times they circled. I had to count it. But I heard him say, as they entered that 13th thing, listen to me, I'm speaking to you by the Spirit. 
as they enter Jenny, that 13th turn, they knew in advance six days one, seven days seven. They knew the number. As they entered that seven, as they started, that's what I heard the Holy Ghost say, as Moses, sorry, as Joshua started, uh, he would have been at the front. As they started that 13th last and final circle. And all the people, they're not in the dark. They know this is the last circle. After this, the power of God's going to show up. As they start that circle, the anticipation starts to grow. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, you've just started your 13th revolution, son. This is your 13th year. I expect the expectation to start to rise because this is your year to shout. This is your year. You know, you still have to continue to pray because on that 13th, they were still sounding the trumpet. They were still in silence. There's still the praying going on. But the time came for them to shout, for them to release their faith. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, this is your year. To re- this is your year to continue doing what you're doing. But I'm expecting, I want the anticipation to grow. This is your 13th revolution. This is your 13th year. This, and and, and so, it's such a beautiful symbol because it just so happens to match the story, but he brought that to my attention. I didn't try to make that puzzle piece fit. He supernaturally showed me that. But it's so precious because we've just received this mantle. So from another perspective, this year should be a year where we see the power of God because we've just picked up the mantle. And yet God, from a totally different timeline, a totally different way of looking at it, a totally different scripture verse, a totally different person, Elisha versus Joshua, a totally different time in history, many, many hundreds of years before Elisha was ever born. Here we see these people anticipating on this 13th revolution that victory was sure, and they released the faith in their God and the power of God demonstrated. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, this is your exciting year, son. This is your year to, to, to pray like you've never prayed before with sounds. This is your, and of course, the other nine kinds as well. This is your year to wait silently more than you've ever done it before. This is your year to shout and release your faith. This is your year to see my power and my angels move. This is your year of victory. This is your 13th revolution. This is your year. This is your 13th year of victory. I'm telling you that we're going to see something special this year. We're going to see something special every year of Hebron and every year of Jerusalem, but there's something extra special, I think, about this year coming because it's our first year holding that mantle. It's our first year learning about that mantle. It's our first year expecting about that mantle. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, 1156, but I'm almost done now. Now, turn with me quickly. He gave me two scriptures. The other one is in 2 Kings chapter 2. Remember I told you, everything God said to me on this fast, he gave me at least two, minimum, up to six confirmations. Most of them weren't that high. Only the real big ones were six, five or six. But on the little ones, I would consider this a littler one. It's important, but it wasn't, didn't, doesn't, not as vast as some of the other things he revealed to me. But on everything, he gave me at least two up to six confirmations. And he said, I'm, I want to confirm everything by two times or more because my word says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. In other words, you need at least two confirmations for that word to be established. So I'm not surprised that he gave me the imagery of Joshua and the 13th year of victory and that power of God that knocked those walls down, knocked those giants down with it. And then, of course, he gave me a second one to confirm that. And you already know about this one, but he still used it. He doesn't always have to show us something we've never heard of. I never thought, saw that Joshua thing before, but I had known this one, but it's still a legitimate word of confirmation. Now, it's 2 Kings chapter 2. And it came to pass, you know, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but this is what we read to you before the fast. Let's read it. It's okay. 
your chicken is still not going to be done till 1215, so just relax. And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elisha said to El Elijah said to Elisha, Terry, here I pray you. And he goes down, goes on, goes to Bethel. And then verse 3, you know what the sons of the prophet, they're going to go. He says, hold your peace. And then he goes down to Jericho, verse 4. And, and then the same repeat. He said, I, I'm not going to leave thee. And the people said, you know your master, unless I know, behold your peace. And verse 6, he goes down to Jordan. That was our 2017, 18, and 19, Bethel, Jericho, and Jordan. I've already preached that to you. And then Elijah, and he says again in verse 6, I'm not going to leave you. And then they look, stand off afar, verse 7, the 50 sons of the prophets watching. And Elijah, verse 8, took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? Elijah took his mantle, that represents the anointing, yeah. and the daddy smote the waters and they parted and were divided hither and thither so that the two went out over on dry ground. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I will do for thee before I am taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. In other words, I've got an anointing. You threw your mantle on me before. There's an anointing on me, but I want more. And that's, there's been an anointing on me all my life to preach, honey. But I, God, I want more. And this mantle, quote unquote, is the more. It's the, it's the extra. It's something beyond me, and it's something from heaven for a work and an assignment. And it came, so they're talking. Notice how they're fellowshipping. And he said, thou hast asked a hard thing. In other words, this is not, this is not just light. This is, this, is, this is a serious thing you've asked for. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I'm taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. So there's a condition and a requirement. And it came to pass as they still went on and talked. Remember the first part of this year? Spent a lot of private time with Pastor Nancy, more than we ever have before. Yeah. And then Greer and, and all that stuff. We, we spent time with the ministers talking, fellowshipping. That was the first part. And then it says, And behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind. He didn't go up in the chariot like your picture Bible, children's picture Bible says. The chariot of fire divided them to try to get his attention off Elijah and onto that miraculous supernatural event. But he kept his eye, and no matter how badly he wanted to see those fiery chariots, Jenny. Now, isn't that cool? God still let him see him later. Because he wakes up one morning and the army's there trying to kill him and he sees all the chariots of fire. <laughs> so he got a chance to look at them intently. It just, this was not the right time to look at them. This was the time to keep his eye focused. And he did. And he didn't lose. He didn't miss because the distraction didn't overcome him. And COVID was the distraction God showed me. It was the distraction of this year to get my attention off. And it was so important that we obeyed the leading of the Spirit during those months because it would have affected the mantle if we hadn't. And so he says, uh, my, Elisha saw it, him go to heaven. And he cried, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And many other translations says that thou art the horseman or the war hero of Israel. That's really what it means in the Hebrew, that he wasn't just talking about the distraction. He was saying, this thing is trying to distract me, but you are, you are the horseman and the war hero and the champion of our nation. Just like we keep our eye on Jesus, you are our war hero. Praise God. And uh, he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. Taylor, it's, it's a few words out of, chapter, out of verse 12. It's not even half the verse. Just a few words. Took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. Who would have thought such a small sentence could mean so much? 
because that few words represented 40 days of grieving and dying and fasting because that is the ripping of the fleshly garments. That is taking off the fleshly shoes, Jenny, like you sang. Praise God. And then he also took up the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back. Now, see, I've just picked up it up on December the 12th. There's a new anointing. And I, I, can't, I won't get into details right now, but I'll wait for the new year. But I'm telling you, I can already sense that anointing is different. I can sense it in the way God is talking to me, the way he talks to me, the volume in which he talks to me, and the clarity with which I'm hearing him I've never had in my life before. And the anointing when I face demonic oppression is completely different. I'm, I don't even know how to explain it to you in English. It was like it was in gear one. I'm still driving the car, but I'm not able to go very fast because you can't go very fast in gear one. And it's like something has ratcheted up dramatically beyond gear two from the end time that, that anointing came on December 12th in the early morning hours till now. And, and there's something, I don't know. And the Lord said to me at the very beginning, in the first 10 days of the fast, he said to me, a new anointing is coming on you to cast out devils in this fast. He told me some other things I won't share yet. I'll share when the people are here. And he spoke to me very clearly about an anointing. This mantle, this anointing is, is, is umbrella. It's for everything basically. But he specified one area of this mantle, specifically in casting out devils, is going to be very noticeable very quickly. And I didn't notice it at all on the fast, not at all. But as soon as the fast ended, there's something different there. I don't know how to explain it. I can explain it in tongues, but I can't explain it in English. But I'm telling you, there's a different anointing on me when it comes to demonic power. Amen. Praise God. And, and that's one of many, but it's one that he specified to me. And so he picked up the mantle. I picked that up. That anointing is tangible. That anointing is real. And I'm already starting to see, that's what I was trying to say about the demonic thing. I'm already starting to sense the change Amen. that has come. And, that, and I'm only at the very beginnings of it. I've just picked it up, Taylor. I've just picked it up. He just picked it up. And he said it wasn't very dramatic when he picked it up. And it wasn't very dramatic when it came, although there was a physical manifestation and tangibility of it. He did that as a favor to me yes. so that I would knew that something in the natural had changed by feeling that power come. But he said it wasn't very exciting when he just picked it up. What was exciting when it started to work? So he said, don't expect too much dramatics when, on, on that day, December 12th, but, but you can expect more dramatics later. And he gave me a lot of other scripture that I want to share with you, but I can't share it unless you're here in person because it would be dishonorable to the Holy Ghost to just say it to a camera. I need to see the whites of your eyes. So there's a lot that I have to hold back until we meet. But let me say this, that I picked it up and immediately I've just picked it up. I'm walking, Taylor. Yeah. See, what did it say here? and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. So he had to walk back across that plain and get to the bank of Jordan. Uh, so from the time you pick it up on the 12th of December, there are 18 days, Jenny, 19 days technically to the 31st of December. And in those days, I'm just walking back. Because he said to me, and I told you this before in the fast, that going back to Jordan represents the year 2021. He picked up the plain of Jordan as 2020, but going back to Jordan, Jordan coming through Jordan, that new establishing and foundation completing year uh, when he established certain things. Remember, it was the year of establishment was 2019. We went through Jordan. 2020 was the plain of Jordan and all these four things. Now he comes back at the very end of that season, which is what we're doing right now, and he stands at the bank, at the brink of a new ministry, of a new horizon with a fresh anointing, and that represents Jordan, and that Jordan represents 2021. It's the brink of something new. It's the first official year of this new anointing coming into operation. Praise God. So I'm walking back. Praise the Lord. 
And I want you to notice that when, when he walked back, let me add this, I wasn't going to, but I will. I, I, I had a weird experience after the fast ended. You know, you hate it so much when it's happening because it deprives you and you're having all this pain and all this kind of stuff. But when it was over, Jenny, I actually had a strange sensation like I actually missed it. And if you had said that to me, I would have said never in a million years. But within the first few days, I, 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 I missed the presence of God the same because you, you're in His presence differently when you're fasting than when you're not. All the busyness of life robs me. Of, the, of his presence. And I actually had a desire like, Lord, I just kind of want to fast, not for the sake of fasting. I, I just want to get back to that place that I had with you that, that the busyness of life seems to rob. And, and, and the word of the Lord came to me. I want to tell you what, what, it, what it was because it's taught me something about the realm of the spirit. The Lord said to me, uh, remember on the 40th day in the morning, I gave you that scripture in Songs of Solomon and another scripture as well. And I said, yes. And he said, I told you the winter is over and the spring has come. The flowers are blooming and the songbirds are singing. What he was saying to me is, son, rejoice. The season of abasement is over. The season of death, which represents fasting, is over. And the season of feasting and joy and celebration is come. He said that to me. And, and so I tried to start fasting after the fast. <laughs> and it was really hard. It was not like when I was on the fast. And I thought, Lord, I could do 40 days. I can't even do one. What's going on with me? What's wrong with me? And I've tried after this couple of weeks and it's been really, really hard and I haven't really been able to do it. And I thought, you see, that's your flesh again, Craig. That's your stinking flesh again. My God, how fast that flesh comes back. And the Lord said something to me last night when I was praying. And I, and I said, Lord, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm finding it really hard to fast. And I, and I just, I want to fast. I, admit, I almost miss it. I said, I miss you more than the fast. I don't want the fast, but I miss you. There's a presence that comes when you fast that you don't have otherwise. And I said, Lord, and I said, why am I struggling? I'm displeasing you. And the Lord spoke to me last night. This is a little free nugget, but it really blessed me. He said, son, would you like to know why? You're just talking to me and complaining that it's hard, but would you like me to tell you why it's hard? I said, I would really like you. I know what you're going to say. You're going to say you're rotten flesh. But he didn't say that. He said, would you like to know why it's been hard for you and why you haven't succeeded? I said, yes. I was expecting a correction, and he didn't correct me. He said... It's hard for you because there's no anointing to do it. And I said, but why isn't there an anointing? There should always be an anointing to fast. And he said, I told you that until December 31st, while you walk back toward Jordan, that you're in a season of feasting and joy and celebration. And that is not a time to fast. And I said, but Lord, you should always fast. And he took me to the scripture. And he said, don't you remember the religious people said to Jesus, why don't your disciples fast? And he said, they can't fast when they're having a party. When the bridegroom's with them, it's a time of feasting. But when the bridegroom goes, it's a time of getting serious and putting the flesh under. And the Lord said, when they were with Jesus, there wasn't fasting happening because they were with the celebration. He said, but when the celebration left, they started to fast. He said, I told you from the time December 12th dawns at, at three in the morning when the fast ends, he said, until December 31st finishes, this season, as you walk back to, Jer to Jordan, the season of walking back, the short season of walking back to Jordan, yes, Jordan represents 2021. He said that short season, I told you, would be a time of spring, a time of songbirds, a time of flowers, a time of feasting and joy and celebration, six phrases. And he said, and I told you, you're not to fast during this time. I want you to enjoy your family. I want you to enjoy Christmas. And I want you to enjoy yourself. It's a time of celebration. You know that God actually has times of celebration? Sure did. And there's times that it's inappropriate to fast. That's right. 
And this, this season from December 12th to 31st, even though I've tried, it's inappropriate in his mind to do that. Just like it was inappropriate for the disciples to do it. Isn't that amazing? amazing. Now he said, January 1st, an anointing is coming on you to abide. Not the mantle, the mantle is here. But he said, there is an anointing to fast and it is coming on you to abide. He used the word abide. In other words, you're going to find it easy like you did on the 40 days to fast whenever I prompt you to. That anointing will stay with you. There'll be seasons which you don't fast because there's always seasons of celebration all the way through the year and all the way through your life. But he said, the anointing is coming on you to abide to assist you in fasting. Jenny, do you know there's actually an anointing to help you fast? I've never heard anybody say that before. But God showed me there's actually a, a unique anointing. I'm not talking about the anointing to preach or the anointing to pray for the sick or even the mantle which is this higher anointing, which is an umbrella anointing, or the anointing to cast out devils. There's different anointings, but there is actually a stream of anointings specifically just for fasting. And I did not know that. Because when God's in it, it should be light and easy. It shouldn't be, it's, it's crucifixion of the flesh, but there's an anointing to aid you. And so I learned something about the realm of the spirit that when God sets a time, don't try to violate the set time. And we're so hard on ourselves that we think we always need to be beating, you know, putting ourselves under. And that's a, maybe a good attitude, Taylor. But when God says, I'm giving you 19 days to have fun, right. that doesn't mean fasting because he's, they, now he said, you can try to do it if you want, but my anointing is not going to be there to help you. But you can still do it by the decision of your will. I said, why would I do that? I, 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 I'm seeing a vision, Lord, as you're speaking to me. And it's golden arches. Glory to God. No, 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 that, that's bad food for you. But we should eat healthier food. But still, I, I, I said, Lord, I, I'm not doing it. If, if you tell me I can have fun, I'm certainly not doing it if I can have fun. Praise God. But the anointing is coming on me to abide for fasting specifically on January 1st because now it's not a time just to whatever. Now it's a time to buckle down and get to business. Praise God. I want you to notice that as he walked back across the plain, which is what I'm doing, what we're doing as a congregation right now, we are coming to the brink of the edge of, Je of Jordan. Now, Jenny in, 20, Jenny, in 2021 represents crossing the Jordan. That's what he said to me. Amen. And the next year, 2022, is going back to Jericho. And I won't say anything more because he gave me, he told me what would, some things that would happen in each of these years. And of course, many things more that I don't know, but he just gave me hints. I haven't shared them with the congregation yet. But one thing he said to me, and this lines up with the 13 revolutions of victory. He said, when he got to 2020, when he got to that Jordan, which represents this next full year, this next act, this next season, having just picked up this anointing, which is 2021, he said, did you notice what he did? Did you notice, my brothers and sisters, what he did? It's in verse 14. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters. See, I smote too hard and it knocked my pages out. Taylor, help me. And he took the mantle that fell from Elijah and he smote the waters and said, Where is the God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither and Elisha went over. And when the sons of the prophets which were to view at Jericho saw him, they said, the spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. <laughs> and they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. Two things. The Lord said, did you notice? He did the same thing his daddy did. He smote the waters. What does that mean? There was an expectation and a faith and a release of authority and dominion, just like they shouted, there was a release of authority and dominion. And he said, this has to work. Amen. He used the anointing to call for the power of God to manifest. Right. And he expected the power of God to manifest. 
He didn't do it doubting. He said, where are you, God? In other words, you have to perform. You have to manifest this for me. And the Lord said, you listening, brothers and sisters, I'm closing, but listen. He said, in this next year, 2021, you're Jordan. In this year, your 13th revolution of Jericho. He said, I want you, as they started that 13th year, an expectation and anticipation rose. The power of God's about to come. He said, as you look at this 2020 year, let the, tell the people, let an expectation rise. The power of God's about to manifest for us. And the people expected it, and they shouted and released their dominion, and the power fell, and Elisha expected it, and he smote the rivers, and he spoke and said, you have to work. He believed it and he expected it and the power of God moved. The power of God broke the walls down and the power of God parted the, the river and the power of God showed up when the expectation, which is faith, Amen. in the power, in the mantle, in the anointing was exercised. And he said, now you expect it, son. You expect it. And he said, now this is the second thing. He said, now there are some that watch you like the 50 watched. And he said, others will notice this year that there's a change. Remember, Jenny, I didn't tell you all of it. Well, I haven't told them any of it. But remember, I told you I'd ask God, Lord, is, have I oversold this? Is this mantle really going to be distinct and noticeable? And he talked to me through a prophecy of Pastor Nancy, two prophecies of Pastor Nancy, one from 2017, one from 2019. And, he, and then he gave me a scripture from Psalms specifically about the anointing being noticeable. Yeah. And then he gave me this scripture. And he said, now, son, when that mantle, when that anointing was operating in Elisha, others recognized it. And he said, that anointing is going to start working this year. It's going to be conspicuous and noticeable in the change, like he told me, like Pastor Nancy prophesied. And he said, and others, in this story, the 51s, they're going to notice it. And I said, but Lord, I don't want to be the center of attention. You know I don't like that. I don't want to be noticeable, but I want the anointing to be noticeable. Let me disappear into the, let me disappear, but let the anointing be noticeable. See, that's, that's, that's what God watches. He watches the heart. Anytime a minister wants to be noticed, they've already disqualified. They don't even realize it. That's why John the Baptist said, let him increase that I may decrease. The heart of a minister is never to be noticed or seen or pumped up or puffed up or people to praise them. In fact, it's the most disgusting and repulsive things to us. It really is. You, you don't let that get inside of you and nothing in me wants to be noticed. And that's why I know my heart's pure because I don't, I don't even want that. But what I do want is the anointing to become noticeable and, 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 and seen. And so he gave me two prophetic words by Pastor Nancy. He spoke to me myself. That was a third thing. I'm telling you, show you how to two or three. He gave me a scripture in Psalms that was number four. And he gave me this scripture here in, in about Elisha as number five. And that word, five confirmations. Now, other words were more, six. But this word was five confirmations on the, on the question that I asked him. Is this actually going to be noticed? Because I don't like a fake I, I have a Rolex, but I don't understand people that buy Rolexes that are fakes. Why would you do that? You're, you're trying to show something that you don't have. You don't have. You're, you're, you're a fake. You're a liar. If I buy something nice, it has to be real. My, my, my ring here is pure gold. I don't buy plated things. 
I'm not saying it's wrong to do that. I'm just saying my personality, the way I am, is if I buy something, if I acquire something, I either don't have it or it's real. If you see it, you can take it to the bank that it's real. Because I'd rather not have it than be a fake. Yeah. And I said, God, you see my personality. You see the way you made me. I can't have something that's fake. I know your anointing is not fake, but I can't have advertised something that doesn't happen. Maybe I shouldn't have advertised it. Maybe I've misspoken. And he said, no. I said, but Lord, I didn't misspeak because I didn't even want to talk about it. You kept telling me to talk about it. And in fact, part of the qualification was talking about it. Remember he said the other church never talked about it, never showed honor for it, and it left them? You have to talk about it. I said, but you're putting me in a rock and a hard spot. You're telling me to talk about it, but I don't even want to talk about it because it looks self-promoting. And then if I'm selling something or overselling something and it doesn't happen, they're going to call me a liar. I'm not a fake. I can't fake it. Either you're going to have to really do this or you're not going to do it at all. And I was really, I was wrestling with him in that last 10 days of the fast. This was one of the many things I asked him. And he gave me five confirmations. He just had to give me two. He gave me five letting me know abundantly clearly the anointing that has come that you've just picked up, you haven't even hardly used it yet. You notice some changes already with the clarity of the voice and the thing about demons. You notice it already starting to work. But he said, you haven't even hit, got the Jordan yet. You haven't even entered 2021 yet. You're still in your time of celebration. You haven't even started fasting again. But oh, don't worry, the anointing to abide is coming on you to fast on January 1st. And January 1st is a year where you're going to release your expectation, anticipation, and authority to shout on those walls. It's your year of victory. It's also a year where you're going to take that anointing and you're going to expect it and you're going to speak and expect it to work. Just like they expected the walls to come down, you're going to expect that Jordan to part. You're going to expect miracles and they're going to come. And that anointing is going to be noticed and noticeable because even the 50 watching said, my God, he's got the anointing. I don't want people to say that about me, but I want people to honor Jesus. I want people to say, uh, 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 all this stuff wasn't fake. This was real. Praise God. I'm expecting healings of a stronger order uh, in 2021. I'm expecting deliverances from demons of stronger uh, manifestation in 2021. I'm expecting miracles in 2021. I'm telling you this anointing is going to work. It's here. It's with us. We have qualified. <laughs> we have qualified. Praise God. Congregation, as I close, we are in, we are about to enter. Do you see why he said, don't preach it on then, Jenny? He said, preach it here. The last Sunday of the year, he wanted, this was set. This was the set message for this Sunday. I tried to preach it on the 13th and it wouldn't come out. It was a family talk. Then Sunday was a, a, a more of an evangelistic talk. But this Sunday was set in heaven that this message would go forth. This particular simplified, so easy to understand, but profoundly deep message to go forth to let you know we are, we are in our 13th revolution and it is it's time for victory and we need to expect the power of God to move like Joshua did in this year. We are at the brink of Jordan. We are at our 2021 year. We need to speak with authority, shout with authority and expect the power of God to move and bring the walls and part the Jordan. We need to expect it and it will happen and those watching, those in the congregation and those outside the congregation and those other Christians and those other ministers and those devils out there and those sinners that hate us let them all watch the power of God move because it will be noticeable it will be noticeable it will be conspicuous praise God praise God so my brothers lift up your hearts let your hearts rejoice in the Lord enjoy this week enjoy Monday to Friday this is your last don't don't sin don't get into sin enjoyment is not sin don't, 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 don't eat, overeat and be a glutton. Don't watch stuff you shouldn't watch. You still live holy even when you're in a party time. But enjoy this week because come Saturday. 
Come Saturday, we get down to business. Is it Saturday or Friday? I don't even know. Friday is the first or Thursday is the last? Is Thursday night? Okay, I kept thinking it was Friday. I thought, yeah, because the third, that wouldn't make sense. So Thursday, you only got four days, not including today, Taylor. And enjoy this week. But Friday the first, we get down to business. Amen. This is our year, Jenny, of great expectation. The power of God is about to show up and it will be noticeable to others. And we're going to see walls fall and rivers part. Did you hear me? We're going to see walls fall and rivers part by that power. In your life, in my life, in your finances, in your health, in your relationships, and in mine, we're going to see walls fall and rivers part. That's what we should call this, walls, walls fall and rivers part. Praise God. Amen. That's a good title for now, but that's, we need to remember that. That come up out of my heart. Wall, this is a year for walls to fall and rivers to part. Praise God. Put that on a mug, brother. Tongues is the great equalizer. And 2021 is a year for walls to fall and rivers to part. Praise God.